responsive to us. Father God, I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good evening. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I am so honored to be standing here. I've preached from this platform many times, but there's something different about tonight. <laughs> oh, man. Can you all just stand with me? Let's just, uh, let's just praise the Lord for a minute. Father, we just give you praise. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we submit ourselves to you tonight. We yield to your will, Father God. We desire what you desire tonight. Oh, we thank you, Father God, for Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for the body and the blood that you offered in our place, the redemption that you provided for us, Father God, the forgiveness of our sins that brought us back into the kingdom of God, that made us sons and daughters of God. And I thank you, Father God, that that blood cleansed this temple to be filled with your Holy Spirit. Father God, we give you praise that the power of the Holy Spirit fall on each and every one tonight, God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that no devil no sickness, no disease, no addiction, no depression, no disorder, no frustration, no anxiety, no fear can stand against the power of the Holy Spirit. And we give you praise tonight, God. Oh, we thank you for what you're doing in our midst, Father God. And we give you praise and we look expectantly, Father God, to the days ahead. We're not worried. We're we're looking expectantly, Father God, to the days that are ahead because your, our days are growing brighter and brighter and brighter unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, and we know it's getting closer, Father God. Oh, we lift our heads. We lift our perspective, Father God. We quit focusing on this world and all that's going on, and we raise our heads because we know our redemption is drawing nigh, Father God. And we thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Give him a shout of praise. Glory. Woo. You can be seated. You can be seated. Man, I tell you what, God is good. I, I just am thinking right now about a lot of things. <laughs> uh, just reflecting on the goodness of God in mine and Rhonda's life over the last 18 years. You know, I've listened to a lot of all these guys this week and so honored to be standing here because I see these, you know, these guys have been doing this for so long. I feel like a new kid on the block. I was so glad my brother Ramon was selling today that he's only been pastoring how long? Six years. I thought, wow, because, you know, Kenny Powers was talking about, he's, Pastor Kenny, what have you been in, 30 years? And Pastor Greg's been in, I don't even know how long, close to that. You know, 20 years ago, they were doing ministry and I was doing meth. <laughs> hey, I can't hide it. I'm from Manford. Everybody already knows me. 
<laughs> when pastor said notorious, he was not kidding. The only reason I wasn't in the Jailbirds publication because they didn't have it yet whenever. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. I spent a lot of my teenage years in this house next door right here. I grew up right here, man. I run all over this place. When this was, when it was the Rainey's machine shop, I remember when they built this place. And to look at it now and see what God is doing and the lives that are being transformed uh, in this church is just amazing. And to be a part of it is, is absolutely amazing. You know, I, I wouldn't have picked me. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked me, but uh, God doesn't look on the outer appearance. God looks on the heart. And I'm telling you that it's not about you. I, can I just testify a minute about... Listen, I'm not giving the devil any credit. He doesn't get any credit. When I share my testimony, I'm not giving the devil any credit. I'm just giving you a little bit of context <laughs> to know how great our God is. <laughs> because, you know, when I got saved, I didn't get saved in a, in a church meeting like this. I didn't get saved in a tent meeting like we've been having. I got saved in the Creek County Jail. <laughs> You know, I didn't know, but Jesus is in jail. Did you know that? <laughs> I grew up around church, and I ran from Jesus for years and years. And the reason why is because I thought I had to be good enough for God. And I finally, you know, I, I got to the point, I couldn't run any farther. You know, 24 by 24 isn't very big to run. <laughs> And uh, anyways, I heard the gospel, and um, I received the greatest miracle that there is. I passed from death to life, and I became a child of the living God. I became a new creation in Christ Jesus in a moment. And listen, I hadn't been going to church, paying tithes, praying, or reading the Bible. <laughs> I'm here to tell you tonight, the Apostle Paul said the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. And, um, you know, we're waiting on God all the time, and we're doing stuff trying to get God to respond. And we've lost the wonder of discovery. We've lost the wonder of discovery. Rather than just discovering what Jesus has done for us and then responding by faith to what he's done, we're trying to, trying to do all this stuff. And I'll tell you what the problem is. The reason that we're not experiencing everything that we know that Jesus died to give us is because we're trying to do in the flesh what can only be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. We got off track somewhere. You know, Daniel read the, the scripture, or he quoted the scripture from Ephesians 5. It says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Yes. You know, uh, all these messages have been so good. Pastor Jason said something yesterday. He said, uh, we needed COVID. 
I tell you what, that's been running around in my spirit ever since I heard him say that. We needed COVID. You know why? Because it revealed where we were at in the body of Christ. Let me say, it revealed where we weren't at. <laughs> when Pastor Brent talked about the year of the reveal, I remember when 2020 started, everybody thought, this is the year we're going to see everything that God has, you know, everything we've dreamed about, everything that we've wanted. Boy, were we in for a surprise. <laughs> you know, judgment starts in the house of God. And God had to show, because listen, nobody else is coming. We're it. If, if the kingdom is going to be expanded, if devils are going to be cast out, if the sick are going to be healed, if the blind are going to see, the deaf are going to hear, the dead are going to be raised, the addicted are going to be loosed from their bondages, it's going to be done by you and you and you and you and you. And what I'm telling you tonight is that when they released this virus, yep, that's what I said. When they released... And I'm talking about the kingdom of darkness. When they released the virus, they made a big mistake. Because <laughs> they woke a sleeping giant up, and they're going to regret the day that they ever released that because they woke the church up, and we ain't going back to sleep. I'm telling you right now, we are ready. <laughs> We're finally waking up to the way we were supposed to be. I feel like I'm getting, I feel like I'm back the way I was when I first got born again. You know what happens? You get born again. The grace of God comes into your life. You're so excited and you're just, you're just being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then you start, you start trying to do it yourself. Because they woke the church up. And, uh, and the whole church, well, right we the whole church ready. got in this funk for a while. And it was about in the midst of the time that I got saved. But the modern church lost touch with our roots. You know, I remember when I first got saved, man, I got delivered from demons. I got delivered from uh, drugs. My wife got healed of two incurable diseases. I mean, we were seeing miracles. Boom, 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 boom. What changed? God didn't change. The gospel didn't change. What changed is our belief changed. And we, where we were just responding to the goodness of God and the grace of God, we got over into performance-based relationship. And we started putting ourselves in the equation. And anytime you add your works to the works of Jesus, you have just short-circuited the power of the Holy Ghost. And the modern church totally got off track. But I'm telling you, we're getting back to where, uh, where we're supposed to be. And there's something amazing happening right here. Um to look at the different churches that we have that are coming together and the ministers in Train Ministers Network, God's doing something amazing. He is doing something amazing. Let me say a few things about the church before 
I uh, move on and, and get into the scripture. You know, the modern church was exposed by this pandemic, and a lot of churches have still not reopened yet. And I remember when that first happened, we went into prayer. We were coming in here, and we were praying and seeking the Lord, and I remember the Lord said this to me. He said, the church is going to have to decide if she wants to be popular or powerful because she can't be both. And for too long, the church wanted to be popular. And it's evidenced by these things. Let me, let me share just a few things with you. Can I just share some things the Lord told me? He said the modern church embraced the world's definition of success. We counted the saints rather than weighed them like the Lord does. Proverbs says that he weighs the heart. Oh, man. We thought counting people in the seats was success. Jesus took 12 guys and turned the world right side up. <laughs> in fact, he took 12 rough guys and he turned the world right side up. He didn't go to the religious. He didn't go to the rulers. He didn't go to the rich and famous. He found guys who would humble themselves. And trust in him and follow after him. And he took those guys and he used them as the foundation for the church that we see today. That we are a part of and became a part of 2,000 years later. Still, still going. You know, another thing the modern church did is made celebrities out of servants. <laughs> And then we wonder why people covet this platform. <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this, so we'll get there. But you know, Paul said, this is how, let a man think this about us, that we are servants and that we are stewards of the mysteries of God. Not celebrities. We've made celebrities out of servants. And, and, we, and, you know, in the book of 1 Corinthians, he's talking about that the church had become spiritual groupies. I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of... Well, we see that a lot today, don't we? You know, the Lord told me this a long time ago. He said, don't ever get prideful about preaching. Remember, I spoke through a donkey one time. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I could have used another word, but I, I'm trying to be. <laughs> it would have fit. <laughs> the modern church made presentation more important than principles. We made the presentation more important than principles. You know, spiritually immature people are moved by the presentation. And that's dangerous because they're just like baby birds with their mouth open. You can put anything in there 
if the presentation's right. And the only way we're going to become who God has um, ordained for us to be is by this right here, guys. The truth of the Word of God. My deliverance was of the Word. I didn't get delivered by a, um, a gift of the Spirit. Nobody laid hands on me. My deliverance came through a revelation of the Word, and I kept it through a revelation of the word. You know, I'm reminded of a story Brother Hagin told one time. He said uh, that back when he was pastoring, he started having, and I, listen, I'm not, I'm not speaking against these things because I love them too, but he said that uh, he started having these deliverance meetings. And uh, he did that for about nine months or so. And then, uh, you know, because kind of the new was wearing off, he changed it up. He said, so he was going to start having loosening meetings and everybody get loose. So they start having these meetings. Everybody's getting, getting delivered. Everybody's getting loose. So then he changes it several months later and start having get free meetings. Get free meetings. So they did that for months. And uh, he said he was uh, noticing that uh, he said uh, if they were any more free after all that, I wouldn't have known it. And um, so he was praying. He was asking God about it. And he said, um, what's the deal here? And the Lord told him, he said, you're trying to do with prayer what can only be done by the word. People don't want the word, though. You know, what do we, we got to get back to is the word. People don't want the word because that's work. <laughs> The words work. You mean I have to read it? <laughs> Can't you just read it for me and tell me what it says? Oh, we're laughing, but... Because it doesn't matter what I tell you about this. It's what the Holy Spirit tells you about this that makes a difference in your life. Listen, I heard my grandpa quote 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If I heard it once, I heard it a thousand times. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. I heard that my whole life growing up. I heard it with these ears. But then there was a time when I began to meditate on that scripture, and I heard it with these ears. And I'm telling you, it was like lightning. It was like a light went off in my heart. And all of a sudden, I didn't see that scripture as saying that it was something I would become. I saw it as something that I had already been made through my relationship with Jesus. And you know, you live out of what you believe about yourself. We have the re let, me, let me just say this. Your life is exactly the way you believe it to be. And that hurts me to say that. Because my life's not what I want it to be. But it's exactly what I believe it to be. And the devil wants to blind you from who you truly are in Christ. Because if you ever discover it and you ever believe it, then he'll not have a hold on your life any longer. See, I believed I was a drug addict. I believed I, can, I was an alcoholic. You would, you would say, well, you were. 
The problem was is I believed it before I became it. And I remember sitting, I remember the moment that I was sitting there and I was thinking, I just remember having these thoughts and I said this out loud. I said, well, I guess this is just who I am. I guess this is just the way I was destined to be. And I guess this is the way I'll always be. I remember saying that. Because I looked around at relatives and different people who were around me and I, you know, that's the way their life was. And I just thought, well, that's, that's the Varnells for you. <laughs> and uh, I started discovering that that was a lie. That I had believed a lie about myself my whole life. I was created in the image and the likeness of God. And that, that the thief had come and stolen my identity away. And I had an identity crisis. And I was living out of a fallen mindset, believing a lie about myself that wasn't true and acting it out in my life. But listen, when I found out that in Christ Jesus I was a new creation and all the old things had passed away and all things became new, I remember the time when I stood up and I said, I'm not a drug addict. I'm not an alcoholic. I am not destined to live this way. This is not the way I was created. This is not who I'm going to be. This is not the way my life is going to be. God didn't plan this for me. But until I saw myself in him and I saw myself the way that God saw me and I discovered who I truly was in him, I didn't have the power to be it. But as soon as I got a hold of that, man, whew, he changed the way I saw myself on the inside. And it changed the way my life was going on the outside. Well, we've lost that. You know, the whole reason that the church got off track is they lost sight of their identity. We didn't know who we were. And we were lulled to sleep by the world. Listen, whatever you admire the most is what you will focus on. What if we admired Jesus more than anyone else? The church got distracted. We, we put presentation over principles, charisma over character, style over substance. We just, we're looking at the wrong thing. I remember whenever I first, right after I first got saved, you know, Rhonda's uncle was teaching us a lot of new creation realities and spiritual truths and, and uh, things like that. And he was instrumental in our deliverance from demons and from her sicknesses and, and things like that. And I was so hungry for the word. It wasn't exciting. We were sitting in a living room reading the Bible. <laughs> and uh, I remember he, he was teaching out of a book by Andrew Womack called uh, You've Already Got It. So stop trying to get it. <laughs> and... Uh, I was so, man, that truth was just going off in my heart. I was so excited about it. And I just wanted more, you know. I just wanted more. I was reading the Bible, and uh, he said, well, here, check this out. Go look up this website. They've got all this guy's teachings on there, radio programs and stuff. He said, you can listen to all, all you want on there for free. So 
he gave me awmi.net, and I went and looked it up, and it was Andrew Womack Ministries. And I'll just tell you, he's about one of the most boring ministers that there is. <laughs> but truth doesn't have to be flashy. You know, the key to being free is understanding the truth. And you've got to get the truth. Jesus said this. He said, it's those who hear and understand who produce the fruit of the kingdom of God. Some 30, 60, and 100 fold. I, I wasn't planning on going on about this, but that's why the word is so important. We got to get back to the word of God. If you want change in your life, let me just say this. You got to have the word. If you get delivered from the word, you can stay delivered. If you get delivered by a gift of the spirit, you might not keep it. Oh, man. Because listen, the devil's coming back. <laughs> he came back and tried to re-inhabit me. And you know how he gets in your life? Through your flesh. Deliverance is only half of freedom. Because the devil's always going to come back and try to get back in. And if you don't know how to stand on your own two feet and exercise your authority in Jesus' name, mm, that's where it's at, though. Once you discover, though, and you find out and you find your authority... And you learn how to exercise that authority. It doesn't matter when he comes. <laughs> You'll know how to deal with him. But the church, we got off. And we got sidetracked. And we started, we started letting the world seep in. And we had psycho babble and self-help and all kinds of stuff in the church other than the word. Other than the word. And we began to live out of our performance and what we were doing. And we, we, we lost grace and faith. And we started living by our own works. And when you do that, you're living out of the strength of your own flesh and not by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, in Romans 3.27, it says this, uh, boasting is excluded by the law of faith. And I'm telling you, the modern church was a boastful church, which makes it evident that we were not operating in faith. We were operating in our own works. Boasting is being competitive, comparative, basing everything on what you can do, and when you do that, you forget everything that Jesus already did for you. You start operating out of the strength of your flesh. Turn to, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Thank you, Lord.
In Ephesians chapter 1, you know, one of the things that you notice when you read this chapter is that, that Paul is praying, and he doesn't pray like the modern church would pray. He doesn't ask for God to, to heal the church, to deliver the church, to send revival to the church. Let's look at what he prayed for. Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 15, he says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In the knowledge of him. You know what that means? It means to know what he knows. It doesn't mean just to know about him, but to know what he knows. Because listen to what he says next. He says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, and he gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. The fullness of him. The church is the fullness of Jesus Christ in the earth, and we don't realize it. We are the fullness of Jesus in the earth. Did you know that Jesus left earth, but Christ never did? <laughs> Jesus left this earth, but Christ never did. You know what Christ is? Is the anointing. It's the anointing. Jesus didn't take the anointing back to heaven. He left it here. He sent the Holy Spirit, and the anointing is on the church, and we don't even know it. We don't realize who we are. You are Christ. We, I should say, we are Christ in the earth. If Christ is going to do the works of delivering people from demons, if Christ is going to do the work of healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, opening deaf ears, he's going to do it through his body, which is the fullness of Christ in the earth. And you've already been anointed with the ability and the authority to do the very same works that Jesus did. You know, the only reason we're not doing them is because we don't believe we can do them. We don't know who we are. And the devil's trying to obscure your view and your perception of yourself so that you won't step out and be who God created you to be. That we won't step out and be who God created us to be. We are Christ in the earth. Ephesians 2 says that we were dead in our trespasses. 
but he made us alive together with Christ. Listen, in Ephesians 1, he talks about that he raised Jesus up and seated him at his right hand. Ephesians 2 shows us that he raised us up and seated us at his right hand in heavenly places. Man. What Ephesians is revealing is who the church is. I know we personalize these prayers, but God is trying to reveal himself. And, and this is what I was thinking about with this Train Ministers Network and this Arise Conference. What I, I'm encouraged because I see us headed in the right direction. Ephesians 2, let me, let me read this verse to you. Ephesians 2.19 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Amen. You individually are a dwelling place of God. In fact, when you were born again, you became one spirit with Jesus Christ. You know, Chad was talking about Sunday about the fact that we are possessors of the life of God. Not just the life of God. God himself came to live on the inside of the believer by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are one spirit with him. But there's a greater manifestation that God is trying to get into the earth his desire is that he manifests himself in the earth. And he put himself on the inside of each and every believer in the body of Christ, not just so that we could individually be temples of the Holy Ghost, but that we would be built together as a dwelling place of God. And the ultimate manifestation of God in the earth is gonna be when the corporate Son of God arises and God is able to manifest his full glory and his full presence through a people who are so united that Jesus is able to be fully revealed. We are the fullness of him in the earth. I'm believing for a day where we're so united that the glory of God fills this place. We don't need to lay hands on nobody. We don't need to preach. We just have the glory of God coming upon people and miracles and signs and wonders are done by the presence and the power and the glory of Almighty God. That way the full glory goes to God. <laughs> It wasn't an anointed individual. It was God himself manifested and saturating this place. Mm. 
Oh, goodness. And I see, I preached this message called Dwelling Place in 2019. And I see us now moving into the place where, man, we got Oak Hill tonight. We got Restoration Church here. <laughs> we got Glorious Bible Church here tonight. And Waymaker, Brother Steve is here tonight. And if there's any other churches that I'm missing, I don't know. But uh, it's amazing to see these churches. Because we're not just coming together having some services. I have had DJ and Candace in my house. We're family. <laughs> we watched the OU game together the other night. So we... <laughs> What I see is God is weaving people's hearts together. And the, the pride and the division that comes through competition and comparison are not here. Mm. See, the reason the church has been in such a mess is because we're all cut up, all divided. And God works in order. He works in unity. He works in divine order. He works in unity. In fact, go to Psalm 133. Let me show you this. Psalm 133. I'm getting ready to get you. Psalm 133. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Pastor Greg was teaching the other night on the spirit of Leviathan. Because we've been asleep, we've been walking after the flesh, we give access to demons. What did he say Leviathan does? He comes in, he gets a hold of a believer, gets them in a death roll, divides. Division is one of the greatest strategies against the church in this time that we're in. And I believe it's because the devil knows that we're coming together, that we're united, and he's worried about what's going to happen when we get so united that there is no division, that there is no hindrance to God's glory and God's ability to move and within the church and do what he wants to do. How, how, how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This is a picture of the high priest when he was anointed. And listen, here's what you got to see. The high priest was um, a type and shadow of Jesus Christ seated in heaven right now. 
What this shows us is when there's unity among the brethren, the same anointing that's on the head of the high priest flows all the way down onto the beard and all the way down to the edge of his garment. There's a corporate anointing. Oh, man. There's a corporate anointing. The same anointing that's on the head is available to you if you're not out of order. Uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe the anointing, well... <laughs> um, maybe you're not experiencing the anointing to the degree you could because you're not in unity in the body oh man oh man 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 27 says now you are Christ um you are the body of Christ and members in particular. You know the problem we've had in the church? People want to be particular members rather than members in particular. Oh, no, well, I don't like where I'm at. I want to be where they're at. We've been focused on individual anointings. We've been focused on individual ministries over the corporate anointing, over the corporate ministry. Our language has to change, guys. It's got to go from I and me and mine to us and we and ours. If we're going to see what God wants to do in the earth, I really believe this with all my heart. The reason we're not seeing what we know, because listen, Jesus' works are finished, guys. There's nothing left that he needs to do to prepare us to do what God has called us to do. The problem's on our side. We're too full of ourselves. And when you're full of yourself, there's no room for the Lord. Man, we got to decide, hey, I'd rather be a part of something great than try to be something great. We so got so mixed up with the world's ways that we're so focused on wanting to be somebody, it shows that we don't know that we already are. If your identity's based on what you do, it's not based on who you are. Oh, man. Too worried about wanting to be somebody. You know, I remember... Um, I remember back when uh, Rhonda and I had the church in Drumright, and uh, man, I was pretty frustrated at that time. And um, you know, because as a pastor, you know what you want to see, uh, and and you start out really pure in your heart. Man, I just want to see God glorified. I want to do what God wants to. Do. I want to help people, but somewhere in the along the way you get you in it maybe I'm maybe I'm the only one somewhere you get you in it and it starts to become a little bit about you 
And anyway, I got so I got so frustrated because we would see growth and then it would go down. I don't know if anybody's ever been on that roller coaster before, but we we were doing this and we would see good things happen, then it would go down, and then, um, you know, I, I was praying, Lord, help me, because I realized that I didn't have the ability in myself to see what I want, what I desired in my heart to see, and I was praying, Lord, what's the answer, and I remember reading in Ephesians chapter 4 that God set, gave gifts to men, some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. And I remember the Lord asked me, he said, what are you? I said, well, I'm a pastor and a teacher. He said, well, where are the other ones at? Hmm. So I realized that for me to become who God created me to be, I had to first realize who I was, and then I had to have other parts of the body. <laughs> We just think we can do it all ourselves, you know. And um, anyway, I started praying, and the Lord uh, connected me with Pastor Greg. And uh, he was a great blessing to me. He was helping me with my church and stuff. And that's what I thought. I thought, well, he's going to help me, and he's going to help me take this where it needs to go, you know. And lo and behold, the Lord had other plans, then I was faced with a decision. Did I want to hang on to what I had a hold of? Or was I willing to lift the knife to what I thought I had to be a part of something that God actually had for me? And we're always so fearful of letting go of stuff. When it's about us, but when we finally get to the place where we let it be about the Lord and we finally just surrender, he's got a better plan. <laughs> he knows what we need. And I've been able to be much more fruitful and much more effective being a part of a corporate anointing where there's an anointing that's come upon me in my ministry to help me be a better person uh, a better benefit to other people it's about finding where use your faith to fit that's what we got to do we got to use our faith to fit where God has called us to be and, and allow God to be glorified by by just being the part that he's created us to be and, and letting go of all of our individual ideas and quit, you know, it's, we got to quit thinking about personal ministries and start thinking about personal responsibilities. Now, Pastor Kenny was talking about that last night. You know, and rather than, than uh, having the five-fold ministry for the entertaining of the saints, let's let the five-fold ministry be used for the equipping of the saints, like the Bible says. <laughs> right? But when we just come to be entertained, uh-oh. It's not about our entertainment. It's about being equipped to do the work that God has called us to do. And, and whatever part that is, you're going to find your contentment. 
when you find your, your place in the body and you become a part of something great rather than trying to be something great. Amen. We are the body of Christ. We need to get, we need to start seeing what God sees. We need to start seeing and having the knowledge that God has to know what he knows. Let him reveal what he's wanting to do in your life and let him reveal who he's put in your life and value these people that he's put in our life and see them for the gifts that they are. You know, in 2 Corinthians 5 and 16, it says this, it says, to regard no man according to the flesh. You know, if we would quit, start, quit seeing people for who they are on the outside and see them for the treasure that they have on the inside, how differently we would treat one another and how differently we would value one another. Stop being so spiritually blinded by the flesh and allow God to reveal who that person is that you're sitting by. They're in the body because you need them. You're in the body because they need you. <laughs> and it's not about any one person. Chad was talking about that the other night. We went through a time when it was all about just getting to a man. There's one man that needs to be exalted in the church. The man, Christ Jesus. And God wants to manifest him through a many-membered body. And this trying to get these ideas to go off and do our own thing, we need to cut it out. God plants you where he wants you. And you'll never be satisfied anywhere other than where he puts you doing what he called you to do. Amen. Amen. Father God, we just give you praise tonight. We just thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you that you have already done everything that we need. That your gospel reveals to us that you've already provided salvation. That by your grace, without our permission, without our participation, you've already made us who you desire us to be. Help us, Father God. Help us to, to align ourselves with your will and your ways. And help us to value what you're doing in the midst of these people, Father God your will would be done, that we would awaken and arise from among the dead that are all around us and let Christ give us light so that we can be the light to the world that you created us to be, Father God, that we could glorify you by finishing and doing the work that you created for us to do, Father God. We give you praise for it. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you that in this place there is healing. There is deliverance. There is freedom. There is wisdom, Father God. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Father. We thank you so much for your goodness. Hallelujah. We give you praise. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this time that we've had together. Thank you, Father God. Seal in our hearts all that has been said, Father God, in this place. Seal in our hearts. Weave our hearts together for what you are desiring to do in the earth, Father. Give you praise. Let's all just stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's just worship the Lord. Father, we just praise you tonight. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Let the body of Christ arise. Let us awaken to righteousness, Father God. Let us awaken to who we are in Christ Jesus. We give you praise, Father God. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father. Oh, we give you glory, Father God. We give you glory. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your goodness, Father God. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father God. Thank you for your goodness. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise. Hallelujah. We give you glory. Oh, we thank you, Father, for all that you've done, but we thank you even more for what you have planned to do in the future, Father God. We thank you that you are awakening us, Father God, to righteousness, that you're awakening us, Father God, to who you have called and created us to be, Father. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We're here for you, Father God. Anything you want, whatever you want to do. Hallelujah. We rejoice. We celebrate you, Father. Thank you for your presence, Father God. Thank you for your presence, Father God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. There's healing in this house. There is deliverance in this house tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I feel, uh, I feel led of the Lord that there are people that are struggling uh, with addictions in their life. And I, I, I guess I feel like because I 
have been delivered from that, that the Lord wants to make the call that if there's anybody tonight that you're struggling with any kind of addictions or something that has you bound, that you can't seem to get loose from, that you can't seem to shake off in your life, the Lord wants to deliver you from that tonight. Is there anybody here tonight, you're struggling with some kind of addiction? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just come on forward. We're going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Go ahead and thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Anyone. Don't allow people around what they what you think they might think to keep you from receiving the freedom that Jesus purchased for you with his blood. I'm telling you tonight you can be free from that. You can be free from the guilt. You can be free from the shame. You can be free from the bondage. Hallelujah. Father, we just give you praise.
And behind you, and beside you, 
Pastor Kevin, Pastor Kevin, can I speak a word over him? Is that okay? Hi. It's okay. Do you know how to drive a standard? Congratulations, first of all. That's great. You know how you really don't have to be told or if there's not a... a my grandfather had a standard that had an indicator light, you know, that tells you when to shift and stuff. But if you've been, driv- you've been driving a standard, you know that you can, the engine will tell you. You can, fe- you can feel it. And God says you've been stuck in second for way too long. The power's there. The ability is there. You've just, been, you've just been stuck in second. And you're getting somewhere, and that's fine, but it's not as fast as you need to be. We need to get up to highway speed, God says. It's time to drop the clutch, shift out a second, and let's go. And tonight, tonight was the next step. It takes a lot of courage to come down here, and I honor you for that but it's time to get out a second. Amen? Father, I pray for my brother. That God, the things that you already have ordained for him, the things that you already have planned for him, have been planned for him since the day he was conceived. So Father, we just pray that tonight unlocks third gear, highway speed. So he's able to do exactly what you want him to do. No more hindrance of the enemy, no more hindrance of people around him, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. So grateful. Grateful, grateful, grateful. So grateful for God working through the men and women that uh, brought this together. So many, so many people contributed to our conference and so grateful. And uh, just grateful for all of the love and labor, grateful for the meals and all of the wonderful times of fellowship that we've had. And now we go forth into our mission field, into our place in which God has called us. And uh, my prayer is that you go forth with your sickle sharpened with all the tools that you need and the encouragement to continue to harvest. Amen? And I believe that's been accomplished. I believe that's been accomplished in our time together. And God has just spoken very, very unique things specifically to the bodies represented here. And I believe we're going to see the fruition of those things. And we'll come back, should the Lord tarry, because he could come any time. 
and we'll come back and we'll say, you know what? There was a change that happened in our ministries that happened during the Arise Revival in 2021. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful, so thankful. I want to thank all of the ministers that ministered. I want to so grateful for for Thomas and Candace and DJ. And just grateful for And uh, there's a c couple of trolls back in this area over here behind the wall uh, that we really need to give appreciation for. Um, Mark Parks, Travis Rogers, and the team, they night after night after night set up and have this wonderful thing put together for us and we're so grateful for that and uh, takes care of our streaming as well so praise the Lord so anyone that ushered anyone that helped anyone that greeted we want to thank you anyone that served in the music and the praise and worship we want to thank you we want to thank the the staff of Lake Church and the elders of Lake Church and uh, the members of Lake Church hallelujah Praise the Lord. So grateful. So grateful. Thank you, Lord. I think that this is probably the most appropriate message that we could have received tonight. I want you to know that I love you. And I will fight for you. And I'll fight with you. Because there are people in this room that God has united us together. Amen. We may not see each other till next year, but I guarantee you we're going to fight the good fight together. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Some of the men and women in this room, we've shed a lot of tears, we've spilt blood. We've fought off the adversary. And I just have a word that uh, just coming up in my spirit right now that the time and season of the testing is over. Many of your relationships have been so threatened by the adversary been threatened, your ministries have been threatened by the adversary. People have experienced fluke things like air conditioners being stolen and Cadillac converters being cut off and I'm telling you, anybody experience any of that crazy stuff and crazy people coming in to try to make problems marriage issues that come out of nowhere and sicknesses in bodies that come out of nowhere but I'm here to tell you, we are going into a fresh season of great, great, great progress and promise. God told me last year at this time, I, I did the Arise Revival. I did all the services. 
I was deathly ill. I knew it was happening as I was preaching the messages. I could feel that my body was under attack. And of course, we all, you know, pretty much know the story that, you know, for Christmas I got a stroke. But God delivered me and brought me back. But he said something to me that needs to be said to you. Because I wasn't the only one going through problems at the last quarter of 2020. You know, after I thought everything was over, the quarantine was off a little bit, and you, you kind of breathe, all of a sudden it just ramped up in my life, and I found myself in a hospital for a week. But the Lord said this, he said, in a year's time, there shall be a 180-degree turnaround in your life. And I can testify that that has happened, and it is happening. Hallelujah. And that's for you, and it's 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 for you. A 180-degree turnaround for the church. Hallelujah. God's turning around financially. God's turning around. You're going to start dreaming again. You're going to start envisioning things again. You're going to start building things again. You're going to start advancing the kingdom again. Whatever's happened, the pause button has been unpaused. Amen? Now, I'm not saying that adversity won't be around us. In fact, it'll amplify. But greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. We are well able to answer the call. When we come back a year from now, we're going to see that America does need the church. And the world needs the church. And people are going to be filling our auditoriums and crying out to God. And our people are going to go forward and they're going to do the work of the ministry. I see by the Spirit of God that it's not going to just be Sunday morning and Wednesday night, but it's going to be every night of the week we're going to have to be open and live because the harvest is coming in. The harvest is coming in. And we've got to ask ourselves, are we ready? Are we ready? In 2020, there was a word where we're all going to go back to our houses and hide. But I don't sense that. I sense that the barns are getting built. Oh, you didn't hear me. The barns are getting built. The barns are getting built to house the harvest of the Lord. Amen? They're getting built. They're getting built. They're getting built. 
They're getting built. They're getting built. They're getting built. They're getting built. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know what the community is going to say about you? They're building again? What is going on over there? Amen. They must have some crooked pyramid scheme going on there. Selling Amway or something. Phone cards. Whatever. No. It's because the Lord builds a house. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I just want us to just soak it in and love on one another. And I'm going to close this out. And uh, I'm just blessed beyond words. Kevin, you bless me. There's never, never words to describe how blessed I am. See a man and woman work so hard. And I, I went to their services. They preached like there was 10,000 people. And, and to see him stand behind this and go, wow. It's the culmination of prayers. Your grandpa is rejoicing. Because this is what I always saw. This is what I always saw. I don't think he believed me when I said, Kevin... You're meant to speak to more people. Because I'm telling you, it was hard for them to shut down. And it would have been for me. But look what the Lord has done. Amen. If I can get him to write that book. <laughs> Hallelujah. More to come, my brother. More to come, my sister. Hallelujah. Why did I do that? Because the Spirit of the Lord told me to do that. But if you're not getting the message in that, you're missing everything that's been said this week. A 
man went through the process. There's a lot of people that cast it off. Man through the process had to lift a knife to his Isaac. But God's resurrecting. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Amen? I'd stay here all night. I, can, I, I tell you what, I, I got so many people to that I'm so pleased in this house. I just get overwhelmed. Hallelujah. God is good and greatly to be praised. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I bless you, and I dismiss you in the name of Jesus.